You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. kind of started not even concluded i would say we after an hour we just almost started discussing the actual surah we were going to do which mm. is iqra surah alaq and the first word and the first letter and we started with the hamza and the significance of hamza not even iqra itself mm. and how that is important and the importance of the first word iqra um, and its relevance to the entire um, quran and the relationship of wahi with insan and relationship of wahi with the whole humanity hmm. civilization so there is a relationship that we will be exploring between the revelation and the way we live has to be yeah so i think and that's, that's and the way we live is called civilization yes yeah, civilization is um even to be civil is to be um engaged with a with a with a number of people as a community so civilization is 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 an interesting um idea it's a very simple idea it's just basically how we order ourselves politically socially economically and uh, in the modern age re- religiously as well so religion as a word actually is quite a modern word it's not it's not a classical it doesn't have a genealogy going back in time because everybody in the past was religious by definition by default people were religious if you were part of a community a tribe um a village um you were i think you probably have to say it by by extension you were definitely going to be somebody who was um religious in the sense that you belong to a, a community or a wider wider group of people so when we talk about islam when we talk about the way that our faith um you know kind of informs our lives especially in this day and age i think religion is quite an important um element which is sidelined out of discourse and it's quite interesting uh, in our day-to-day lives how we understand that to be the case religion is not something that you speak about in public it is something that is left to be some some sort of life coaching exercise or something that informs the way that you you know have some kind of personal development it doesn't have any effect on the way that you decide what is right and what's wrong and it's interesting that that move only comes about when you take revelation out of the equation as being relevant to human beings meaning that you cut human beings away from the millennia old connection with faith in some way you know so that is quite a fundamental break this is a modern break this is a break that you probably only i i would say have seen properly since the the mid 1960s so it's very very recent i mean it's within you know you know if you're born in in the 40s 50s most people probably listening are not but if you were then you you've experienced a, a cataclysmic change in the way that human beings are ordered how society is ordered 
and so that is just one aspect of the problem that we face. And so what we were talking about yesterday is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Quran to the Prophet, it was the, the final, it was going to be the beginning of the final stop in the process of revelation. So this was a whole line of prophecy, a whole line of revelation that came down to, to people to give them an insight into what the desire of the creator was for them, their purpose, their you know, their telos, their ultimate aim and ultimate purpose in life. What is the purpose of life? What's the point of living? It's not something that, you know, essentially essentially science or even the rational mind can come to a definite conclusion on. So we're left with an external source, in this case, Revelation tells what that, what that is. And yesterday what I was talking about was quite, I think, poignant and, 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 and important because from one perspective, Iqra is the first point in telling the real story of, of what the purpose of humanity is. Because previous revelations, I mean, I was listening to a podcast recently about a very prominent um, Jewish thinker in America, and he was he was being taught, he was asked about the, the authenticity of the Torah. Basically, an Orthodox Jew, so basically, somebody who believes in in in, in the literal uh, truth of, of of the Torah, but insist and, and, and had to accept that he doesn't know whether it was divinely revealed or whether it was a process of human um, human construction, like human beings starts to engage and um, explain what the revelation was in their own tongue, or it went through a process of editing and revision and change and and kind of um, movement. All of that for us is different because in, in our religious tradition, what we have is a definite conviction based on evidence and based on not our own, our own kind of research, but research of others, orientalists, scholars in academia, for example, who say, yeah, well, what... what what we Muslims read in Taraweeh, what we recite as worship, is is exactly what was coming out of the mouth of this person who lived in Arabia at a certain point in history. What he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for us is the word of God, for, for them is his word. But the fact is that the moment it left his lips, it was recorded and, and came down to us uh, exactly how it came down to him. Hmm. Or exactly how he wanted to make it depending if you're a muslim or not but the point is that revelation is the first point in really giving you the you know they talk about the editor's cut in movies like the the real version like not the one that's been changed based on public opinion not the one that's been edited and and um, manipulated this is the one that will tell you the real story of the human experience from the time of the first human being on earth that was cognizant of God, was given um, you know, Allah says that we say, we give a revelation of all the names to Adam we taught him them from that point all the way to the time of the Prophet that is what the Quran is and it starts with that issue of Iqra and so Iqra as I said before yesterday is like this kind of initial um, you know, singularity, this kind of point of departure where everything that we recite, everything we reflect upon in the Quran as a revelation, it will be now coming from this one source over a period of what's fascinating, a period of 23 years, not um, mm -hmm. not not coming down like, here's the book, read it. Because what we were talking about yesterday was iqra is, is a transitive verb, which means to read something. But what is what is given is not something, 
it is a, a kind of a spiritual experience of of reading from what's being placed into your heart. Hmm. Allah says that we have revealed it to you, you know, through the angel, the, 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 the angel Jibrail, upon your heart. So it, it's not even he's re- reading it from a thing, it's he's reading it from what's imprinted within his heart. And all of that for what reason? So that you become one of the people that warn. And so the Prophet at this point becomes a person who is not just Muhammad ibn Abdullah, the, the trader, the merchant, the husband, the, 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 the father, um, the Amin, who was known amongst his community. Mm-hmm. Would have been one amongst thousands of people in human history that was known amongst their community as being a good person. But at that point he becomes Nadir and he becomes by default al-bashir as well because mm-hmm. at that point he is given two 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 flags of of introduction to humanity which is that he is a person that warns people and then the whole point of warning is like something's going to happen if you don't do something that's the whole point of warning if you know what a warning is that's what it means and the other aspect of warning is of of the aspect of the prophet is to give bushra which is to give good tidings of something in other words it's like the the old adage of the, of the of the carrot and the stick, you know. You you entice people through something, and you also warn them through something else. You warn them of a, of, of 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 a danger that's impeding them, and you know, nadir in Arabic comes from an amazing root which has to do with the sound you hear from the arrow leaving the bow at the moment the moment it's hit. You know, the moment that you pull back the string and you fire the arrow, that ting. Is called in Arabic nadira. It's like that, that kind of um, you know, that kind of very sharp, but also at the same time dull sound. And then, you know, the moment the the point that it leaves the uh, the bow to to hitting the prey, it's not enough time for the prey to realize it needs to move. And the problem is the nadir in that sense. So whatever this revelation is going to be. It's going to have to inform the way that you live. It's going to have to inform that you the way you make decisions. Because if somebody's giving you a warning and you know enticing you with good good and uh, glad tidings, the whole point of that obviously is to do something. You know, if you go and drive down a road and there's a, a sign up and it says stop, the whole point mm-hmm. of the, the sign is not to embellish the road and give it a bit of color and so it looks nice when you're driving. You, if you don't act upon it, something happens. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So, so the whole point is, Muslim civilization is going to be informed by the fact that we will always look to what the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet say. We're going to always going to look back to what this person said to to inform any decision we make, any conversation we have. Like myself, mm-hmm. any conversation I have, subconsciously, I always think, what would the Prophet say, or what would the Prophet want me to do? Because I know that throughout human history, there's been people that have advised us on different things, scientists telling you what to eat and drink. There's um, economists telling you where to invest your money. And there's people that tell you how to live a good life. Mm. And, and so mm. me as a person, I think to live a good life is very important. It's right at the top of my agenda. And so who's telling me what to do in terms of live my life? Mm. Is it myself? I know I get things wrong all the time. I make value judgments that are, that are incorrect all the time. And human frailty is such that everybody makes those mistakes all the time. And so Iqra is telling us, basically, there is, a, there is a place after the rational mind. 
where it takes rash the rational mind with it and it gives it more. So in other words, where our mind stops and comes to a conclusion and it says we don't know the answer, revelation comes with something slightly different. This is what Ibn, Qay- Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, he talks about reason and thinking and rationality. And he talks about revelation. And he says this is nurun ala nur, this is light upon light. Mm-hmm. You know, the lights of, of, of reason added to the light of revelation. And this is the thing that Islam brought with Iqra, which is it tied and said, look guys, you've got this amazing ability to think and it's been taught by God and to be able to enumerate the human, human um, you, know, you know, capacity to think and then to name things and to order things and to study things and then to count things and calculate and then build. But added to that is the fact that there's nothing that you can come to which is moral in that process. Morality, what's good and what's not, is ultimately going to be outside your hands. And that's where revelation comes in. It doesn't go against rationality. It doesn't go against the human um, impulse to think. It it channels it and it also augments it. It embellishes it. It strengthens it. And so the human mm-hmm. being as a, as, a, as a full entity, as a, you know, a total entity, we're made of body and soul, we come at, we come at ease. And so the Prophet is the one that's coming with you know, the, the warning and, and the glad tidings as a perfect balance. And that's why I think it's very interesting about you know, um, the Prophet himself is that he was balanced in all these aspects of his constitution. That the revelation is telling us to balance the rational and the revelationary. And the Prophet is the person who is perfectly balanced in all ways. You know, if you look at Sirah, if you look at Shama'il, if you look at his qualities, he was... You know, you know, a mother to, like a mother to his children, at the mm-hmm. same time as being a father to his children, mm-hmm. and you know that motherly quality. We were talking yesterday about the Prophet being Nabil Ummi, the Prophet who is unlettered. Unlettered meaning ca- cannot decipher signs. Doesn't mean doesn't mean as um, a, a negative, um, you know, discrepancy or disability. It means that he. Whatever he is doing now is going to be from somewhere other than his own intellect, his own mind, his own capacity to decipher. Mm-hmm. And you were—I think you were intimating yesterday that this is a this is an amazing proof that the Quran is in itself a miracle, the greatest miracle, because it comes from a person who didn't gather information from other places. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't—he didn't look about and say, "Oh, that's a nice passage. I'll take that." And, "Well, oh, I like this quote. I'll take this, and I'll." I'll make and he'll sit there and edit and you know he was somebody it just came to him and yeah and then what came to him is consistent that's the thing the Quran provides you know the Quran provides numerous reasons why this book is from God the first is it just challenges people you know in the simplest way you know if you have any doubt about this being revealed to our, our messenger our servant, Al-Abdina, he just bring a, a, a chapter like it, chapter like it, all Arabs who are the masters of Arabic language, the people that can rap in their language, uh, you know, on, on, on their feet. They couldn't do it. That's We're talking about three short sentences. They couldn't do it. And they tried. Not that they didn't try. They tried. Because do you not think that if the... The Quran and the Prophet are such a challenge to their society, turning e- the economic system upside down, turning their ownership of slavery upside down, turning 
their relationship with women upside down, all these things being turned upside down, and they had the opportunity to destroy it. Do you not think they would bring the three, the three verses? <coughs> I mean, they would have. I mean, it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. Your enemy's doing something, and you can dismiss them in, in the simplest way. Would you not do that? They didn't do it. They couldn't do it. And Allah says also, if it was from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you would have found so many inconsistencies within it, if it was from other than God. The proofs that the Quran says itself to prove its own divine nature are ones that you can you can analyze and you can study and you can you can prove or disprove yourself as a human being. And that's what's fascinating about the Quran is it allows it gives people the the you know the code to, to destroy it. You know, the Quran gives its enemies the code to destroy it and says, here's a code, try it, try and destroy it. It can't do it. They, they've never tried. And so what this person will come with, the Prophet Ali will be something that is, you know, unimaginable for ourselves. Because if you think about Iqra, if you just think of the word Iqra, the first revelation, which is the, the first of a whole ocean of revelation that will come to the Prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it's, 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 it's a, it's a majestic majid The Quran is a, is, is a majestic Quran You know, something that is beyond our, our capacity to emulate Majestic meaning it's like it has king-like qualities Majd, majd is, this, is a word which indicates something that is powerful and auspicious And majid. worthy of Sorry? Majid Quran Majid. Yeah, Majid and uh, so Majid, the root of it is this idea of power but also um auspiciousness and regality and royalty. Hmm. And but the thing is mahfud. it's in at that point, at the at the the initial point, the Quran and its revelation meanings is in a protected tablet. It's just there. It's it's not stagnant, but it's there in a way that we can't imagine. And mm-hmm. then this month, which is the month of Ramadan, Allah says, Shahr Ramadan alladhi unzila fi al-Qur'an. It's in this month that the, the Qur'an starts to be not static in this kind of tablet of light, but it starts to be sent slowly. So unzila, unzila actually means to, the whole thing to come. And this is like mm-hmm. the scholars talk about it as being all the Qur'an tra- was transformed from the, the 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 guarded tablet to the lowest heavens, but it's still static. It's not being interacted with. It's not connecting with anybody. But the mm. moment that it comes and starts being, you know, drip fed to the Prophet Ali Salatu Wasalam, you know, Allah Subhanahu Wa then describes it in Arabic in a very interesting way. This is why you know the Quran requires deliberation. Allah says in wa innahu rabbil alamin. It is indeed a slow. Um, you know, Tanzil is like the slow uncoupling of revelation down to you. Uh, that has been sent and by the um, the, the, the the blessed, um, you know, um, trustworthy um, soul, which is the angel Jibrail. And so, this is done so that you become one of those people that are um, warning and. And this is what's in- interesting, Tanzil. It's now going to be 23 years of constant um, revelation to the Prophet Ali Salatu Wasalam. Tanzil is drip feeding? Yeah, t- Tanzil is like not, Nazla is like to give you the whole, give you everything at one time. 
gradual. Yeah, and nazala tanzila in this kind of, you know, you can even hear it the kind of the emphaticness of the shadda in nazala tanzilan come, comes from this ideal that is going to be something that is going to be a constant, and it's going to be over a period mm-hmm. of time. And so even the word, when it talks about the Prophet ﷺ being given it, it doesn't say, here, take it, read it. Hmm. Now, what he's going to read is not something that he... You know, so imagine that you're going on a journey and you don't know where you're going and you have and you don't know what's around the corner. This is what's happening with the Prophet ﷺ. Hmm. You know, it, for him is a journey of discovery as well for him as a person. You know, his blessed state is being elevated. Imam Abu, Abu, Abu Mansur al-Maturidi mentions that the, the, the Prophet's are elevated through their experience of revelation, not as robots, you know, in terms of they can just, they can't do anything wrong. They are in themselves going through a journey in which they are experiencing challenges and decisions and heartache and and um, elation and happiness <clears throat> and also intense sadness. All the human experiences that everyone here feels. Hmm. Yeah, sometimes you have elation that you're so happy and then sometimes there's such sadness that you can't feel that you can remain on earth the, the prophet is going to go through all these things and it's going to be captured in front of everybody in, in full view of everybody hmm. because there's no there's no person if you think about it you know um if you think about any person in human history whose life has been recorded and analyzed and and subjected to scrutiny like the prophet Islam. not even if take take biden what did biden do yesterday you, you probably don't know if you hmm. knew what biden did yesterday you would you would insist that he's taken he has no connection with that red button on his table where he can in, in initiate a, a nuclear war, mm. but we don't know. This is the most powerful man. I mean, powerful in in these kind of yeah. colloquial, whose life should be scrutinized to the utmost, from beginning to end, from the moment he wakes up to the moment he sleeps, and also in his sleep. We know what the problem was like in his sleep as well. And think of that. That's that's a person who is wielding so much power, and yet we, when he speaks, it's edited. I mean, when he speaks, if, if the American public knew how he spoke, they would, um, they would, they would run to have impeachment process uh, initiated mm-hmm. on him because he's unable to function as a human being, unfortunately, because of his age. Now, mm-hmm. that is somebody that you would imagine has the complete disclosure. He doesn't. The Prophet had that from his time to this time recorded with very narrations and and all the the way that you can record has been recorded and yet we will now see 23 years of of his life being played out in front of our eyes you know the, the good and the better we don't see the good and the bad and the ugly because the frost Islam is nothing but the best but in terms of you get everything everything that any critic can ever you know, you know, take and use against him is going to be in front of us. And so the 23 years, even the 23 years is, is such an amazing thing. It's such a human aspect that I think sometimes if the Prophet was given the book in one go and he was given Iqra bismi khalaq all the way to uh, to the end, last revelation, all that in one go, he would just say, here's the book, guys. It's from God. Good luck. Hmm. But he doesn't. He has to get some verses and live according to them. And everyone's watching him and saying, is he living according to them or not? Is he is he fair or not? Is he just? Is he is he merciful? Is he compassionate? Is he clement? 
and they're going to scrutinize his wife's are going to scrutinize him his children are going to scrutinize him and so just, we're going to go for a break but before we go into a break uh, my thought process says to me to ask you that okay so we are spectators we are watching the life of prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to see what's there to emulate to what degree we should be emulating uh, how do we inform our lives through his life how do we live and the, the the connection between the surah that we have chosen and his life alayhi salatu wasalam iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq he is asked to read he is asked to read and he can't read mm-hmm. we know he can't read and then there is there are ayahs that follow that i'm going to play those um uh, ayahs now go for a break and come back for this discussion inshallah bismillahir rahmanir rahim in the name of allah the entirely merciful the especially merciful iqra bismi rabbikal ladhi khalaq recite in the name of your lord who created khalaqal insana min alaq created man from a clinging substance iqra wa rabbukal akram recite and your lord is the most generous alladhi 'allama bil qalam who taught by the pen taught man that which he knew not no but indeed man transgresses because he sees himself self sufficient Indeed, to your Lord is the return. Have you seen the one who forbids? A servant when he prays. Have you seen if he is upon guidance? أو أمر بالتقوى or enjoins righteousness أرأيت إن كذب وتولى have you seen if he denies and turns away ألم يعلم بأن الله يرى does he not know that Allah sees كلا لئن لم ينته لنسفعا No, if he does not desist, we will surely drag him by the forelock. A lying, sinning forelock. Then let him call his associates. We will call the angels of hell. No, do not obey him, but prostrate and draw near to Allah.
پڑھو اللہ کے نام سے جو رحمان اور رحیم ہے اور پھر کہا گیا پڑھو اے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اپنے رب کے نام کے ساتھ جس نے پیدا کیا جمے ہوئے خون کے ایک لوتھڑے سے انسان کی تخلیق کی پڑھو اور تمہارا رب بڑا کریم ہے جس نے قلم کے ذریعے سے علم سکھایا انسان کو وہ علم دیا جسے وہ نہ جانتا تھا شیخ سو اٹ از از ون آف دوز سورج وچ از آئی ایم جینوئنلی کنفیوزڈ which are praising the fact nabiyon mein ummi laqab pane wala you know suwe hira say aya so all you know there is salam after salam after salam many many poets they have addressed us that he alayhi salatu salam is praised because he's ummi he didn't know anything but he knew everything and yet he's asked to read so what is going to read mm-hmm. <laughs> you're confusing me <laughs> <laughs> so what is, he can't read and he's been commanded iqra yes and how's he going to read well this, 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 is, this is the whole story isn't it i don't think we went through the story of the revelation but the prophet is in this state of uh, seclusion and contemplation and an uzla and this in fact ibn al-ta'il al-iskandri he has a very famous um, book called al-hikam in which he talks about very very deep spiritual things and he says the human heart which is the human consciousness and ability to understand what's right and wrong has never benefited from anything more than it's benefited from uzla which is seclusion um, through which it enters into the into the, the realm of reflection So the Prophet was in a reflective mode. Most people, when they're reflective, they come up with good or bad things because they're left to their own devices. You can go into a room or or go into yourself and just go on walks and then come back to it with a conclusion about your life. And it could be the right or wrong mm-hmm. answer. You know, you could, you, could, um, you could convince yourself that something's right because you reflect upon it and it could be wrong. But the Prophet goes into the state of reflection and, and seclusion, goes away from his family Khadijah al-Kubra radiallahu anha and his family and takes sustenance for days at a time. And then he's visited by an experience which we now know is the experience of the angel Jibra'id coming to him in his angelic form. And to show him that it's it's um, this is going to be extraordinary, he comes to him physically. The angels are not physical, but they can take physical form. And comes to him physically and the Prophet says that he 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 shook me and squeeze me until i i got to the end of my capacity ability to 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 survive and he let him go and he says iqra so the first the calling card of the angel jibril is read 
Mm. And it's answering your question, which is the Prophet could not read. And mm -hmm. so he's as surprised as you are and as confused as you are at this moment in time and as confused as I am being because when you when you question me on these things. Mm -hmm. um, he's saying, I'm not a person who can decipher signs, read. Hmm. So his his initial thing is look this is what I am I'm not I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm you could to me you could you could you could translate in different ways you could say um could mean I'm not going to read and this is what you know Imam Al Halabi in his Sirah Al Halabiya mentions from a lot of the early scholars is that when the Prophet says it happens again. Because the angel comes and, and and he shakes him and he and he says, either I can't read, I won't read, or what shall I read? And it happens again. Three times this experience happens, which is giving life to the confusion which is there in front of the Prophet, which is that he's not a person that knows how to read. But scholars say, look, what happens is that he goes through the experience and he comes to uh, the, he, he works through the confusion by saying, I'm not going to read. Who are you? He's surprised, first of all, that there's somebody else there or something else there. He's just there to reflect, and there's something else there, and he's surprised. and he's re He almost like fights back. The Prophet almost is fighting back and saying, mm -hmm. I'm not going to read, which is one of the translations of it. Mm -hmm. Ibn Jinni and other uh, Al-Farisi al mentions this as well, the, the variations of mm -hmm. And then it happens again, and he says the same thing. But scholars say when he says it the second time, we can understand that he's saying, he, because he sees it's a serious almost life-threatening for him situation. He feels it's life-threatening. He says, I can't read. It's like you're now, you know, it's almost as if now you know you can't deal with this. You might as well um, try and cover your back and, and offer an excuse rather than fighting back. I can't read. I'm sorry, I can't read. And the other aspect will be the third time it happens is the scholars say that he says, what he gives in and he says, what should I read? Mm -hmm. And so the confusion you have is a confusion the Prophet had about, I, I, I can't read. Like reading is a, a rarity, it's a luxury amongst the Arabs. Mm -hmm. They can speak, they can recite poetry, they can they can appreciate the fineness of language and its use, and they, mm -hmm. they actually excel in the fineness of language and its use. And they actually, because it's a backwater, I said previously, Arabia is a backwater. Languages usually are preserved better when there's no, you know, passing through, of other civilizations or peoples. You know, mm -hmm. you find that any any place, any city where you have lots of people coming from outside, the original language deteriorates very quickly. Oh, yeah. Drastically. Like Dubai, for example. Hmm. Can you find anybody in Dubai who speaks proper Ar an Arab that speaks proper Arabic? I forget Arabic. I, I remember I used to try and do this with Arabs like in Yemen and, and I would say, okay, let's let's speak classical Arabic. And, yeah. and for about two well, a minute, they would really struggle to keep up with doing it. And then they would just say, I'm sorry, it's too much work. Yeah, I can't yeah. do it. And so the Arabs at that time weren't like that. They were preserved and they were li they lived amongst themselves. And Imam like Shafi, for example, spent about 20, I would say probably just less than 20 years in constant um, kind of connection with the Arab tribes, language-wise, stayed with them, lived with them. Like he spent a lot of time with Bani Hudayl, which is one of the most um, pristine Arab um, dialects at the time mm -hmm. of the Prophet ﷺ. So he had all this access to the Arabic language. And now that's not the case. So the Prophet, when he's asked to, to read, 
he knows that he's not a person that can read. But, mm. you know, this is like this, there's a human aspect to this, which is the frailty the Prophet has, he gives up, he gives in, and he, he, he goes with the flow of the experience itself, mm. which is, okay, let's just run with this. I can't read. I don't want to read. But, okay, I'll read. Okay, you're insisting it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And then once he says that, then, then the, the tap opens. You know, that's at the moment he says, what shall I read? It's mm-hmm. as if that's the point, you know, I was talking about singularity. That's the point at which this massive explosion takes place. Mm-hmm. In the same way, the Hubble telescope showed us that, you know, the, the universe is expanding. Once we realize it's expanding, it just explodes. And from the explosion you have, this this podcast is one of the many everything is that we know about is an explosion from this singularity and for the for the prophet in the moment he says what shall i read and the angel says it's like you just have this, this expansion of meaning which is every single thing that will <clears throat> inform the human soul from now until the end of time will now be uncovered and also within that will be the whole reading the editor's cut cut of human history of how human beings even relevant to this day absolutely relevant to this day how people go off the the path of justice and and um, you know human um just amicability how they mm-hmm. become tyrants like the story of pharaoh and musa you know pharaoh and moses is is nothing more than a, a fight um between not good and evil but power and authority and <clears throat> people that are true and right that's a that's a story that goes you know if you look at pakistan now if you look mm. at um, turkey now if you look at any country whoever those people are that are that right and the people that are the demagogues that whoever you identify those people as being the point is it's still essentially the same thing mm. people with power trying to suppress people who have no power mm. and then the whole story of humanity is that and then the quran is saying look we the Allah, the creator, has something to say about this. Has something to say about if you're enslaved in IMF debt, for example, and mm. the system is there to to preserve the privilege of the of the few and not the benefit of the many, then that's a system that God is telling you to resist, for example. And I'm giving you examples. This is why revelation is so important, because it's going to tell you about how to deal with your husband, your wife, your child, your your tribe, your your community, your family, your nation, your civilization. It's going to tell everything. It's going mm. to give you insight into every single thing. And so the human mind now, at this point in time, is saying, we don't want to do that. We just want to make it up as we go along, and then we'll make the mistakes, and then we'll have to clean up afterwards. Like, you know, I was mm. like this example of plastic. When they started to use plastic, in, in, in societies in the 70s 60s and 70s started becoming prevalent and they said this is amazing you can make any shape you want you can use it you can throw it away wow this is like the holy grail of um, everything we ever needed to do mm-hmm. and now what they're doing is they're realizing that elation of just running with an idea and, and, and implementing it is, is actually going to bring humanity to an end it's going to get to the point where human beings cannot procreate because the process of procreation is affected by microplastics, which affect fertility. And this is the same, this is the same satanic, I would say satanic mindset, which is saying, okay, um, we, you can be whatever you want. And if you can, if you feel like you're something, you're something. If you feel like you're a, a specific 
type of individual you are, that even if the science says something completely opposite, and the topic is well known. Now, so it sounds good now, doesn't it? Because you're not, you're just letting people do what they feel like. And because they, they feel like it, they should be able to do it. The age is the age of feeling. And you don't want to step on anybody's toes. And guess what? In a generation, what's going to happen is the, the you know, they, they, they talk about the, 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 you know, the everything coming back to haunt you in some way. You know, mm-hmm. that, 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 that will come out of the closet at some point. And you will realize, oh, we shouldn't have done this a generation ago because it was, Something that is, has brought our civilization to the brink of disaster, because it has so many. And, and so, 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 this warning that you're giving, or this observation that you're sharing, where humanity is going, and its relation with read in the name of your Lord, who has created all that exists. Mm-hmm. The relationship the is obvious. The relationship is the where you make decisions as societies. If it's not tied in with some input from revelation you will go wrong this is why ibn qayyim says nurun ala nur light upon light revelation and reason is light upon light they go mm-hmm. together they argument and support one another the moment you, so, you take sorry. one away hmm. understood but at, at a very simple level how i just want to reflect on this bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim or mm-hmm. iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq so mm-hmm. how do you read in the name of your Lord? So when you say read in the name of your Lord, when you say I, you're, you're invoke, invoking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. You're asking, are you saying I bear witness that I understand there is an unseen power called Allah? Is that what we're saying? Well, par- partly, but I think I, I kind of understand where you get, get into mm-hmm. the question, which is, it's saying read, and if I was to a child to read, they just read what's mm-hmm. written, and it's written yeah. by somebody who has an agenda, or you know who the author is has a specific way of thinking about something. Now, if if the Quran is saying Iqra bismi rabbika ladi khalaq, and it's telling the Prophet to read something specific, it means that there's something in that thing that he's reading which is going to be a benefit to people, mm-hmm. or to him, or to the nation, for example. And what will come out when we'll talk about this is. The way that Allah tells the person to read, Iqra, Bismi Rabbika Ladi Khalaq, in the mm. name of your Lord. So, in other words, there is this acknowledgement <clears throat> that you can in, you can gather information, garner information, collect information from different sources. As we said, mm-hmm. you can you can do scientific experimentation, you can do longitudinal research, you can you can um, sit and just watch people. You know, there's many ways that you 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 can feel, you can close your eyes, you can listen. So many ways you can gain information and so many different ways you can read. You can read from different authors. And all that's being said here is read in the name of who? It's like, Iqra bismi rabbika. And at that point it's becoming very important because it's your Lord. The calling card is from who? The book is from your Lord. Rabb in Arabic is kind of related to this meaning of the one that is, you know, in a deep sense, nurturing you. You know, in, in this one of the oldest lines of Arabic poetry actually has uh, the word tarbiyah and the root in it. So the f- famous poem of an old Arab woman who is, you know, pre-Islamic p- period, and she's complaining about her, her child who is now, you know, um, chastising her and being rude to her. 
And she says, I, I brought him and nurtured him while he was like a small, you know, sapling, like a small bird. And he was something that required food and just wanted things and was always needy. And he had these kind of, you know, this these kind of, you know, when a bird's born, it has these kind of fuzzy feathers. So at that point, the, the mother's raised, nurturing it, giving it nourishment. And so mm-hmm. Allah is saying, Iqra, in the name of what? Not in the name of J.K. Rowling, in the name of, you know, a specific author or a specific mindset. Mm-hmm. Rabbik. Iqra bismi rabbika. And so at that point, you're thinking, oh, oh, this is actually important because the one that wants what's best for me, and tarbiyah means that, the one that is nourishing you, nurturing you, building you up. And we called murabbi, you know, in Arabic, modern Arabic, mm-hmm. And you know, in Jamaat Islami and Ikhwan, they have this t- uh, concept of tar- uh, murabbi. Murabbi is this person who is taking you by the hand and, and taking you through the development as a as a person of of use to the community as murabbi. Mm-hmm. And Allah is not that. Allah is a rabb, the one that is sustaining, protecting, providing, and you know, um, in every single sense, you can say, helping the human being reach its goal. At that moment. It's like the priorities change because whatever you're going to read now is going to be more important than anything else you're going to read. So it's, it's an indication of the author of the book. Indicate, author, but also the calling card of the author. Like if yeah. somebody comes to your front door and and gives you a letter. Now mm. it could just be the postman. You're not going to you're going to think it's not really that important. If the bailiffs come, they will give mm. you a calling card. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's still the case, but you'll get a card <laughs> saying you've received this. Hmm. Summons or whatever, like yeah. this is important. And so when Allah says "Iqra bismi Rabbika," that the calling card is okay. You can't just say and ignore this, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You hmm. can't just say, hmm. "Okay, this is another feeling I'm getting of reflection," hmm. and you know the the disquiet I have about the community and the way people are being treated and the and the and the and injustice. This is just another reflection I'm having. The fact it's physical means you need to wake up. The fact that and, the letters, and also there is a, and, and there is also a qualification that who has created all that exists. Yeah, so relative clause in Arabic, which is, uh, you know, is, has a function of of alladhi khalaq. You know, just to let you know that the one is sustaining you. Couldn't sometimes it's not the one that is has created you, brought you into being. So just in case, mm. I mean, this is like um, in in Arabic, this is something that is required to clarify an ambiguity. Uh, so uh, a relative clause is usually used for that, and so the murabbi can be some can be numerous has numerous qualities. Doesn't bring you into existence. You you don't owe the murabbi anything. You don't owe anything to that person. But the rub is important, and just to emphasize that, is it, the the Quran says Allah khalaq, who created. Now, the moment that Allah says not created, it doesn't say what. Allah khalaq has the potentiality. Hmm. Um, to create has the power to create has the volition choice freedom to create mm-hmm. that is the one that is going to ask you to read and so every all of a sudden imagine you've got a thousand books on the table that book becomes like pretty important you know for all intended purposes but you would say the most important because this book is from the author of you the one that is concerned about you the one that is mm-hmm. you know has the ultimate happiness that you have you, you you fight for in your life at 
the very core of its message, the Quran. And so then all of a sudden you, you have to take it seriously. The Prophet started to take it seriously to the point that, you know, when we come to speak about what happened after the revelation, he took it too, he took it seriously to the point it affected him, Sallallahu Because this is not just a reflection, this is words that I'm asked to read, and I'm and when the Prophet is asked to read, he starts to read. So this is the fascinating thing. He says, I can't read, you know, what should I read? All this thing, it doesn't make any sense because I can't read. There's nothing to read. It doesn't make any human sense at all. But the moment he gives in, he, he starts to recite something. And this is why Iqra doesn't just mean to read. And this is what the fascinating thing about this whole chapter is that Iqra also means to, to recite. And so the mm. fixation we have, you know, because we're a culture that reads, meaning deciphering signs, iqra at a deeper level also means to intonate and to articulate sounds through yourself, mm. which are speech, iqra. And so at that moment, you know, he gives in and he starts to move his um, tongue with what's in his heart, sallallahu And then he starts to just have this outpouring of revelation that comes from him. He doesn't know how. And mm. even the books that we have describe how the revelation came, how he met the angel in different forms, how he was able to articulate and retain what he had. But essentially, what it is for us is the sense that at a certain point, our minds actually has no purpose, has no capacity to fathom certain things. Mm. Mm. And all we're left to do is reflect over the content of the Qur'an specifically. It's, I it's, think we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll carry the story when Prophet received this revelation mm-hmm. and what he did, where he went, and who consoled him. Surah Alak, Radio Ramzan ke program Reflections mein mere mehman Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad ke saath guftugu hai. Surah Alak aur Islami akdar ko kis tarah se is surat ne shape up kiya hai. یا بلکہ وہی نے انسانی جو اقدار ہیں اس کو کس طرح سے بنایا ہے سوارا ہے اور جہاں جہاں انسانیت نے وہی کی نفی کی ہے وہاں وہاں کے نتائج کس قدر گھنونے ہیں اور جب انسانیت نے اللہ کی وہی کو مانا اور اللہ کے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اور انبیاء کی دکھائی ہوئی رستے کو چنا دیکھا اور اس پہ عمل کیا تو وہاں سے جو سویلائزیشن نکلتی ہے اس کی اس کا فرق اس سویلائزیشن سے جو کہ خدا بیزار ہو یا خدا کو نہ ماننے والی ہو تو یہ ہے چھوٹی سی سمری کہ جو ہم اس پروگرام میں لے کے چل رہے ہیں کہ اللہ رب العزت کی وہی نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کے ذریعے سے جو ہم تک پہنچی اس کی بدولت انسانیت کس طرح سے ایک اچھی کامیاب اور مطمئن زندگی گزار سکتی ہے اس بریک سے پہلے میں نے شیخ سے پوچھا کہ وہ اسٹوری کہ جس میں نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم پہ پہلی وہی آئی اور اس پہلی وہی کے نتیجے میں نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کا ریاکشن کیا تھا ان کے خوف کا عالم کیا تھا اور پھر اس خوف کو لیے ہوئے جب وہ گھر پہنچتے ہیں تو ان کو دلاسہ دینے والی شخصیت کون تھی So Sheikh, uh, I just want to get to this point here. This, this Wahi 
and the relationship of Prophet ﷺ with his wife. I generally know that this kind of story of the revelation, I mean, this is why the chapter, sometimes I think people take for granted, because they know the Prophet received revelation, he he was um, confronted by the angel and, and, and um, ordered to recite, and he came back um, after having spent those days that he had used to take in seclusion, came back fearful of the experience. I mean, startled, I would say, and fearful for his own um, his own existence in some way, because it's sometimes outside the ordinary. And anybody having experienced that won't just try and make sense of it. They'll go back and they'll feel that they cannot do anything. And the Prophet famously, after the first five verses are revealed, he goes back to his wife, Khadija al-Kubra, who he's been married to for, you know, over a decade now. Um, and yeah, so he comes and he t- he he doesn't say anything, but he says, Zammiluni, Zammiluni. He just say, tells them, the family, it's actually a collective thing, he says, you know, cover me, cover me. Because it's almost, he is... He's not able to process it through language, so he's asked, being asked to be consoled in some way, and obviously he he does that to the people that are closest to him, which is his family. And Khadija radiAllahu anha, as you know, she she proposed to Prophet Ali sallallahu They had a, a very um, fruitful, um, happy um, life, um, and you know the Prophet gave um, rise to a beautiful, you know, wholesome family. Ali sallallahu with his wife, and she. It then becomes the person that is is going to be used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the Prophet feel at ease with the process itself. So it's almost like, you know, almost like, um, if I think about it, it's almost like a, a midwife. Mm-hmm. Your midwife is there to facilitate the process. Mm-hmm. That's it, but they're very important. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're not, the biological, they have no biological function, but they have a facilitation function. And without the midwife, you can't you can't really have childbirth properly speaking without you know having a lot of problems. And so Khadij al Qubra is almost like the the midwife that is um, facilitating the, the revelation. And, and you would say, well, what's the reason for that? I mean, you could just have the person receiving it and then going out and telling people about the revelation. We take, you know, the Quran is there for, for people. It goes without saying, it's there for a source of guidance for people. Even in these small things, we're given insights into how we should deal with certain things that nothing happens without intermediaries, nothing happens without something coming and helping and, and giving a hand and playing a role, however small. It's like the you know, the famous story of the, the Prophet Ibrahim Ali Salatu was somebody thrown into the into the fire of you know the the fire that's going to was created to to consume him, and you have in the stories are that they have animals just taking small bits of water to try and put out the fire, and the and the animal has no effect in putting out the fire. Is this the mm. the intentionality of it? Is this being there and being part of that? And so Khadija radiAllahu is there, and she's just to, there to give that message to people that. Just because you're you're not part of the big narrative, it doesn't mean you, you don't become part of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't have a pivotal role doesn't mean you don't have a role. And you know, history will look back on you perhaps, but not perhaps forget you. But Allah never forgets. 
And so if you're the person in life where you just make that small change in somebody's life or you 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 intercede for somebody or you, you put in a good word for somebody or you manage to you know build the bonds between two people who are never talking just by a small off-the-cuff remark, in the Day of Judgment, that might be the most important thing you've ever done in your life. But you know Allah is the one that judges that. And so Khadija is there to facilitate something. And that's her role. That's That becomes her elevation in her... In her own spiritual life because to the point that the Prophet used to say to her you know I, I'm, I've am i received the angel Jibra'il and he sends you salam and he, and he grants you glad tidings of a house in paradise which has no um, has no um, kind of you know coarse noise and no um, you know it was like noise pollution there's nothing there's nothing mm-hmm. that's going to be harmless safe and tranquil and still and that's all she wanted she wanted tranquility and stillness she didn't want embellishments of paradise she just wanted a place of tranquility and that's what she was given and what she does is not just cover him she does what he he says calms him down but then starts to ask him what happened she and he explains what's happened and she and and he says i said him he says i fear that i'll be forsaken and mm-hmm. you know what's interesting is that so he's a single this thing that's happened it, it seems to be a revelation from Allah and I've been told it's a revelation from Allah and I'm reading this and it means exactly what it says and the, and Khadija just says right away okay whatever you think Allah will never disgrace you so she says something which which is not going to change history but it's there she's fulfilling her function God will never disgrace you because she mentions four or five things she, she says you never um, break the ties of kinship you always tell what is truthful and you you help those are you know those are poor and destitute in other words if you want to tick the reasons why people a person would be disgraced you're not that person you tell mm-hmm. the truth you fulfill the kinds of tieship you you help people who are poor and destitute when de- guests come you are you're the most generous of people and when somebody's afflicted by calamity you're the person that's there helping them how could you ever think that god is, will forsake you the one that created you will forsake forsake you you were the last person that's forsaken so and any guidance for us and the listeners that going back to your spouse for support, help, and also not just like advice, but just general emotional help, isn't it? Yeah, so this is why the Quran, you know, when the Quran talks about in terms of marriage, um, you know, you know, but the Quran specifically says marriage, so the, the whole purpose of marriage is to have this sense of sakina. That's embellished, that's embodied in the most perfect way in, in the story of Khadija and the Prophet. Because at the moment that he needs um tranquility and 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 surety, she just provides it on tap. Mm-hmm. And so even confirmation, you know what you're gonna do, but you just want that person to hear you and give you that surety and that confidence. That's essentially why you get married. Essentially, it's not. It has other functions, but one of the one of the greatest ones Imam Ghazali mentions in Ihlam al Din is the, the sense of companionship and stillness you get. Mm-hmm. You know, that is the one of the core reasons, if not the core reason, that you 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 get married is because that you start to ground yourself in the appreciation of somebody else who always has your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. And remember, we're living in an age when marriage is understood to be extraneous to 
human civilization. This is why I'm saying Iqra is such mm-hmm. a revolutionary thing, which is saying, mm-hmm. you know, it gives you a whole, I mean, yesterday in Taraweeh, we were going through Surah Nisa. And mm-hmm. it's just fascinating reading the Surah Nisa and hearing it. All these rules about marriage and divorce and inheritance, and you're thinking, well, just keep to the spiritual stuff, but that's all spiritual. Mm-hmm. If you destroy the fabric of what gives a human being Sakina, which is a, which is a partner, you have destroyed society. You have decimated the society itself because we'll come to this. Insan means a social person, mm-hmm. a social animal. Ibn Khaldun mentions it many times, you know, the whole idea of, of human beings as a social animal. And so Khadija radiallahu anha, she provides that surety, the safety and the tranquility. And then she adds that to that something which is rational, you know, the rational mind. We're not Muslims and not never people that are anti-rational. She does something very rational, which is, he says, look, what you've experienced is something that is talked about by about of, of previous prophets. So let's go to my relative, Warqa bin Nawfal, he will tell you something about this. And so she has, you know, knowledge that's going to help the Prophet Ali Salatu and, and they go to Warqa bin Nawfal, who is a person, in, in Bukhari mentions that he is a person knowledgeable of the scriptures. And he explains what is happening and they sit, and then Waraka says that this is exactly the same, you know, spirit that came to the previous prophets. And the Prophet ﷺ started to again talk about the fact that he doesn't know if he can fulfill this message because the message, if it's a message of prophets, we know the message of prophets is the the message of Musa and Fir'aun that Fir'aun will not take this lying down, and the Prophet knows the society is in is not going to take this lying down. And Waraka Nov, who's, who's in his, basically on his deathbed, he says, I would come to your support if only I was a person of, of you know, vigor and young age. Jaza, he used the word, which is like this person of, of fortitude. But he wasn't. But he's just saying, look, you'll have people that will come to your support. That's all the time we have. Uh, inshallah, we'll be back with Sheikh Rizwan on Wednesday. Uh, but reflections will be on tomorrow and day after as well. Until then, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. Iqra' bismi rabbikal Recite in the name of your Lord who created. Created man from a clinging substance. Recite, and your Lord is the most generous. Who taught by the pen. Taught man that which he knew not. No, but indeed, man transgresses. Because he sees himself self-sufficient. Indeed, to your Lord is the return. Have you seen the one who forbids a servant when he prays? 
Have you seen if he is upon guidance? Or enjoins righteousness? Have you seen if he denies and turns away? Does he not know that Allah sees? No, if he does not desist, we will surely drag him by the forelock. A lying, sinning forelock. Then let him call his associates. We will call the angels of hell. No, do not obey him, but prostrate and draw near to Allah.